Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 208, F9, Lap 9. Feels like there should be more. Got nothing more to say. I'm Joey Lewandowski. <laughs> I'm Joe, too. And this episode's brought to you by the Jacob, Gracious Ooh. Senior Living. Experience vibrant seniors li- seniors living. That's weird. Seniors living with all-inclusive amenities at the Jacob. Thejacob.ca. Well, shout out to the Canadian Jacob, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be talking about F9 for the last time for a while. Hopefully. <laughs> Thankfully. I, uh... You know, there, there's there's an upside that, you know, even though he, he wouldn't get to it for a while, like the the rock is not in F9. So we'll never talk about this on Nate's show, you know, so like we got more time. We got obviously infinite times to talk That's about right, this. But we did um out now with Aaron and Abe about F9, too. Yeah. So there was like even a bonus episode. And we're going to have to do at some point whenever Mike Manzi like lets us know that he wants to do it. We have to do this for Charlize, too. Oh, that's right. That's very so. right. Whatever, Joe. But extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? One of the main things I did was I took your great advice, oh and um, Rachel and I went to go see Dune in, oh, right, X- yeah, yeah, yeah. in XD, which is kind of like a step under IMAX, but close. It was delightful. You had mentioned something to me in a message that um, I kind of thought in passing, but then uh, really understood when I was there, that you said like you should see it in IMAX or whatever for the the scope of the screen and the sound and you said that and i was just like okay whatever right like sound cool yep definitely a movie that the sound plays a huge part in and it's a much better experience with the sound i i have pretty decent speakers that i made myself i would not have held a candle to how good it sounds right. in a beautiful theater like that excellent recommendation thank you we love the movie obviously you know big timothy chalamet fan big zendaya <laughs> fan um at the same time because this has so much overlap, we didn't mean to do this, but um, we were like looking for a new show, kind of just like binge through, and we started C on Apple TV Plus. Oh, with Momoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, have not seen that. It also has Jason Momoa. Yep. Also has Dave Bautista. Okay. Okay. It's kind. It's kind of set in the future, but in a post-apocalyptic world. So. It was pretty much like the same thing, except like sure. the premise of C is that everyone goes blind in the future. There was like some kind of thing, like a you know an event that everyone is blind now. Yep. But Jason Momoa plays you know badass guy that kills everyone. Pretty much the same thing. So we mm-hmm. were laughing about that. Well, that's kind of what he always plays, though, right? Like that's Kyle Drogo. That's everything. That's just exactly yeah. It's the same character across the board. But a cool thing about C that I didn't know that they're like you know there's all these places in it and all these things in it. At, like, one point, they referenced Pittsburgh, and I was like, that's kind of fucking weird. And we started, you know, we finished the first season, we're on the second season, and in, like, the intro of the second season, there's, like, uh, an old bus because it's post-apocalyptic, and the bus says Pittsburgh across the side of it. And I was like, who the fuck from Pittsburgh, like, is putting all these things in there? I, like, texted my mom, like, hey, like, who, do you know who was working on this or something like that? You know, because there's, like, all these, you know, small town, they always have, like, rumors and stuff. And she's like oh, no, they shot a bunch of it here. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, it was like at the studio down the street from our house, like down the street five, ten minutes away. They shot a bunch of things there. And I remember Jason Momoa was in Pittsburgh because I saw all my friends posting, right. like, if we run into Jason Momoa, like, oh, you know, like a bunch of girls, like, I can't I'm going to challenge him to an, oh, girls, okay, I was going to say, I'm going to yeah. challenge him to an arm wrestle. I mean, no, him, it yeah. was 
it was girls being like, I hope Jason Momoa is here. So like he falls in love with me, like these kind of things. Right. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So we are enjoying C. It's not, you know, super great. I I'm finding it enjoyable. It's interesting, better, better than I expected going into it. Also, it's, you know, a ton of places in Pittsburgh and scenes from Pittsburgh and they reference it a bunch. So cool. Plus, plus 3000 for me. Oh, sports gambling got legalized here, so Rachel and I have been gambling on everything and doing pretty well. So On the ballot today in New Jersey, we're recording this on ele- – is it election day in your state, yes. too, or is it not it everywhere? Is. I okay. voted. I already voted on the way so home did I. work. On Go the ahead. ballot for New Jersey is – apparently it's illegal for these apps to let you bet on bowl games where a New Jersey school is in them. Something. Okay. Well, so that's... on the ballot is like, should we legalize that? I'm like, yeah, why not? What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. Right. Because you, so you can bet on like the devils and all these things, but you can't bet on bowl, college bowl games. That's like the only restriction. Well, you can't bet on college bowl games if a New Jersey team is participating in that bowl game. That's so weird. Like, I don't know, man. It's, you know, at some point somebody thought it was a good idea. So that was on the ballot and something about like raffles. Like there's like two things they're both (laughs) about gambling. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. Legalize it all. Yeah, right? It doesn't matter. That's pretty cool, though. Good for you. There's, like, a bunch of promos on these apps, right? Um, We've been using FanDuel, and there's, like, always, like, these promos. And, like, Rachel does really fucking good, man. She's just lucky, and between her and I, like, we've been doing pretty good. So I was happy about that. It makes it fun and, you know, just stupid things to pass time. But that's pretty much it. What about you? What have you been up to? So I finished Hooptober, and I, I wound up – so I my list was way too big. My list was 56 movies. If you, if you don't remember, Hooptober was yes. the list of horror movies. Like there's like these rules that you have to pick movies that you haven't seen that fit Born certain films. criteria, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And so I had, you're supposed to do 31, and I – like the minimum is 31. I did like 56, and I got through 42, which is respectable. I got through three-quarters of it. That's huge, yeah. That's a Especially since I started way too late, but – Next year, I know, like, don't go over, like, 35. Just, like, keep it sort of simple. And start, like, September, right? Start in mid-September when you're allowed to start as opposed to, like, oh, it's October 1st. Like, I have other things going. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. But I finished the Friday the 13th franchise. And the re- did you see the reboot that came out, like, 12 years ago? No, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe it's not. It's really good. I mean, it's different. Like, it kind of doesn't feel like a fa- Friday the 13th. Thir- Jesus, Fast and Furious movie. It kind of doesn't feel like a Friday the 13th movie, but also kind of does. And I actually really liked it. So that was the last one. So either tonight or tomorrow, I'm starting the Halloween franchise to follow along with the podcast oh, I've been cool. listening to. So yeah, nice. I have, I've seen maybe four of the Halloween, five of the Halloween movies. I've seen the first three. And then whatever terrible one you picked, was that H2O for Film Club? H, I love H2O. Or is it I Resurrection? Resurrection. The Both of those are good. I, I think I like, I think Resurrection is the reality TV show one, and I kind of like that one better, h I don't remember. I saw one of the, I'll, I'll find it. I mean, I don't remember it, but like, you know, yeah, those four, are, five, six, I think are like, quote unquote, like real ones, and I haven't seen those. And then I haven't seen like the Rob Zombie ones. I saw the new one. So I'll get to them at all. That's, you know, one at a time, it, one week at a time. Garrett, Garrett or or Dan, one of them was just tweeting about like every time they rewatch the Rob Zombie one, they like it more and more. Somebody, one of one of the two of them was just rewatching it for Halloween and was Let saying. Let me find out based on Letterboxd. Uh, Dan, yeah, Dan okay. Skelly likes yep. it more. Yep, that's what I was. That's who who I was thinking of. I knew yeah. one of them was just tweeting about the Rob Zombie one saying like, and I, and like based on the tweet, I was like, you know what? I should probably revisit that. Like, yeah, I, it, it seems mixed. Uh, past guest, awesome. Will Southern looks like he loves it. Liam is like the harshest letterbox critic that I have friends. I'm friends with. He doesn't like anything except for the high school musical movie. So <laughs> I mean, Hey man, whatever. And Zeph, yeah, whatever floats. Yes, your boat, exactly. Yeah. He's given like 20 movies, five stars and three of them, the high school music. I'm just like, Liam, <laughs> 
Okay, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. I saw three three movies in theaters since last time. I saw Last Night in wow. Soho. So last week we, we did was Baby good? Driver. Everybody loved it. It was really good. I did not love it. It it's it's I, I really, really like it a lot. I like Baby Driver more, I like Scott Pilgrim more. But okay. like this I still really liked it. That's fair. So I would say see it. I don't know. This is not one like I don't think you have to see in theaters. Yeah. Unlike Dune. But yes. I would say see Last Night in Soho. It's cool, it's horror, it's sort of the musical sort of thing. It's all Edgar Wright thing. Really liked it. Recommend that. I saw the French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson movie, which nobody's talking about. Like I don't know if people know that there's a new Wes Anderson first, movie. I saw the first commercial for it last night during like Monday Night Football. Like for the first and I was like, This feels like a Wes Anderson movie and they were yep. like the new Wes Anderson movie and I was like how is it just I don't previews know, man. now? But go ahead. Yeah, and like it was, it's in most theaters now. It was in like some theaters last week. Timothy Chalamet, uh, right? So it's like an anthology. Like there's three sort of like 40-ish or 30, 30 to 40 minute stories. I liked it. I think it's maybe his worst movie. But again, Ugh. like. Okay. It's not bad. Like if you like his yeah. movies, you're going to yeah. like this. But I think it's it's whatever. And then I saw Antlers, that new horror movie that looks like an A24, like sort of moody atmospheric with Carrie Russell and uh, okay. Jesse Plemons, who's from Breaking Bad, but also from yeah. Game Line Everything. Meth, Meth Damon. Bad. Antler's bad. Uh, disappointing. Just... Just across the board, just... So, like, horror movies are supposed to be, like, subtext. Like, they're all about something, right? Like, it's just, like, it's a creature, but the creature represents whatever. Like, It Follows is about, like, STDs or whatever, but it's, like, about yeah. whatever. Yeah. Antlers is about the opioid epidemic, which would be fine, but, like, in the movie, there's also an, an opioid crisis. It's, like... Well, don't, like, do the thing. It's too on the nose type situation, yeah. Pick one. Don't show, I don't know. It was just one, whatever. Oh, I watched this movie, a Roman Polanski movie called Repulsion, which is kind of, it, it's a very sort of influential on Last Night in Soho horror movie. Okay. Where Catherine Deneuve sort of loses her mind a little bit um, from 1965. Really, really good. So that's a Criterion movie, so that's really good. Uh, I just started, I have, I'm not far enough into it to actually, like, comment on it, but I, I started watching Star Wars Visions on Disney+, Plus, the, like, oh, Japanese anime, Asian-inspired yeah. Star Wars. People love and it, yeah. the first episode, I was just like, why does this voice sound familiar? Because I'm just watching the dub, because that's just the default on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. The first episode is kind of like a Lone Wolf and Cub-esque, where, like, this guy is sort of defending a town against these people who come in and want to take it over or whatever. Okay. And the villain, like, the head villain the woman who wants to take it over is Lucy Liu. I'm like, that's cool. Oh, but that is cool. the main guy who's defending the town is Brian T, a.k.a. DK. So I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. So cool. DK is the hero. That's cool. Yeah, so he's only in like one episode because that's, you know, every episode standalone. So like episode two I watched today, which has like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bobby Moynihan from SNL, like they're in it. But like, I was like, oh, DK, cool. All right, cool. It's cool that you recognized his voice. Um... I, I, I couldn't place the voice. I was like, this sounds familiar. I don't know who it is. But then I looked it up and, you know. Yeah, yeah you're much better. Like, we, we talked about this, but you're much better at the voices than me. Like, Rachel's good at the voices. Like, Yeah, I can't do put, faces at all. Voices yeah, yeah. And I'm the complete opposite. Like, if I see a person, I'm like, I think that's this person. Voices, like, once you put an animation in front of it, like, I totally lose who they are. Like, right. you could tell me they were in the movie. I'm like, which character? You're like, the main one. I was like, oh, God, I didn't know. I think that's all the stuff that I watched. And then on Sunday, friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, had a small Halloween party at her sister's house. That's cute. Because uh, her sister's birthday was on Halloween as well. So we had some, uh, I think, friends. That, yeah, fr for sure, friends that you've met. We played some board games, played some video games, watched some football, had some snacks. It was a nice day. So nice. that was Halloween. And then I had some trick-or-treaters. Do you get, get trick-or-treaters? Because your, your <laughs> road is not exactly ideal for trick-or-treating. So to explain what Joey's saying is... I live on, like, the west – no, the east edge of a neighborhood. So, like, my road is the f is the eastest road 
like if you only see your house, you're like, oh yeah, you live in a neighborhood. But then like if you like zoom out on the street, it's just like, oh, that's not really like a trick-or-treating street. Yes. So there's like actually probably like three or four houses on my block, which okay. doesn't like makes it sound like fancy or something, but it's not because there's like a business like it's businesses, next, yeah. It's, it's mixed next use, to me yeah. and across the street. And there's like space, and then there's like um like a mosque or something like some you know, some kind of like thing religious thing. So like my street sucks. Every street over is like just all row houses, right? Like that would be like the prime trick or treating spot. So um actually we just didn't turn our light on. We sat out in the hot tub and watched the Sunday night football game. And Rachel saw one small group of kids walk by, but we saw that was it. It would have been okay. like it would have been like three children because we're like this is a shitty street. Like I yeah. would pass out candy, but it's also a shitty street, so I wouldn't want kids to come over here just for my house. It would just be like a way out of the way walk for no reason. Yeah. So like the first year that I was here, this is my fourth Halloween. The first year I was here, I had a bunch of trick or treaters because I was a like, good, so I'm like, you have a good neighborhood. Is, I do have a good neighborhood. Yeah. And then the second year. I went to the movies because it was the first night that I could see Parasite. And I'm like, I want to see Parasite like as soon as I can. So like, I was yeah. just like not home. So I saw Parasite in some other movie. And then last year was COVID. And so like I was out walking during the day because last year was a Saturday. You know, this year Halloween was a Sunday. Yes. People were out. But I was also like, this is kind of weird. And like I was again in my sort of paranoid. Like I'm just going to like close the windows, turn off the lights, whatever. I'm just going to pretend I'm not home. And then this year I was like, I'm not actually home. And I'm still going to buy candy because like even the before. Because the Sunday thing, it's weird. It's like. Do do kids come at like noon or two or four or night? It's just like I don't know when people are gonna. Like, you have I know to that find not your, be there. You have to find your neighborhood's like designated time. I looked it up. They don't they don't do designated times. That's so weird. Okay, go ahead. Just whatever happens, whatever goes. <laughs> okay. So I knew that I was like leaving at like one thirty to go to Melissa's sister's house, and so I got I gotta have candy. So I bought candy early in the week or like the weekend before, and then I ate all the candy. I was like motherfucker. <laughs> well and played. so I went out on Sunday morning and like. Everywhere is sold out because everybody, like, apparently it's the back. day before, yeah. like, on Saturday, it was all, like, half off. Because it's just, like, we need to get rid of that. Because also Sunday, like, some places are candy, but it was, like, Christmas candy. And I'm, like, that's kind of weird. And, like, it wasn't individually. Like, I wouldn't be against it, but, like, it wasn't individually wrapped. Yeah. It was just, like, Christmas-colored M&Ms. I'm, like, I can't give out, like, loose M&Ms to kids. <laughs> yeah, that's – that. COVID likes this, right? Like, that's, No, right. So yeah. I go to Target and I get – like, they have a couple, like, weird – I'm, like, I'm going to get candy that I like but don't want to, like, overindulge on. So I got Mounds and Milky Way, which I'm, like, I like these, but I'm not going to eat, like, ten of them. I'll have, like, you one or two Mounds of the little ones. House, which I love, but, like, children – I, I would not get mounds by choice, but there was very limited options. But then <laughs> I got like six or seven of the like 99 cent like movie theater boxes and put those in too. Okay. I'm like, okay, I get home at like 745 and like I'm there for like half an hour. Like nobody's like, the, you know, the football game's about to start. Then I hear the doorbell and like in the span of like 10 minutes, I got like six kids. And, like that's all, that's all I got. But like all the big candy basically went. Cool. Like, okay, Good. cool. Um, so awesome. like you got big candy and also, you know, some of the little Bonus. candy. So I have. Yeah. I got a plan. Like, I can't buy Reese's in advance because the Reese's is not going to last the week. No. And what was the other thing that I ate a lot of? Oh, Kit Kat. Like, those are probably my two, oh, like, yeah. go-to, like, easy-to-eat, whatever. Top just... tier. I agree. Those are, those are the and stars. And then I also got Starburst because of... I'm like, I can't just have chocolate. I want to have, like, a non-chocolate in case. And then I just was like, well, I got Starburst here and I'm just watching movies. <laughs> like, I got to eat all the Starburst. So, fuck. That's awesome. I was trying to I was trying to celebrate my favorite holiday and get um you know day after Halloween candy and Rachel said the stores were wrecked as well and I couldn't get leftover Halloween candy that nobody bought so hopefully next year is a is a more bleak year and nobody buys the candy so I can buy it at half price the day after apparently it was wrecked everywhere 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Because also, like, you know, Christmas, the Christmas creep starts earlier and earlier. And God damn, I hate it. As someone that loves Thanksgiving, I just want to say, can we please respect Thanksgiving? Well, the thing is, like, Thanksgiving, like, stores don't, like, populate things for Thanksgiving, right? right? There's, like, Halloween exactly. stuff they put out, and there's Christmas stuff they put out, just, like, Halloween is just, or Thanksgiving is just Black Friday adjacent, right? So, if you if you celebrate just straight to Christmas, you should not be allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving. No turkeys for you. We should take your turkey card away, and you're done. That's it. If you want to celebrate Christmas, go ahead, but no Thanksgiving then. You don't wow. get it. Wow. Damn. That's how I feel. Okay. Fair enough. You do respect Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving, you could start Christmas. That's fine by me. I don't care, but... Just respect it until it happens. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of Ooh. High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerby's West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting the $5 a month level or above. Haley had a birthday like last week. Um, and I forgot. Happy birthday! To, yeah, I forgot to say it on the last episode, but happy birthday, Haley! And she also got a new car, and it was really cool. She sent me a picture of it. So cool. Yep, very awesome. Happy birthday, Haley! If you want to know, well, this episode is there's one more episode this lap, which is the tune-up, and there's a bonus episode next week too for the Patreon, which we'll announce at the end of this episode. But if you want to get that bonus episode, if you want to get all the bonus episodes and know, you know, get movie picks or whatever, too fast, too forever. Dot com. We also have a store, too fast, too far to shop. So here's, here's a little behind the scenes. This, the store, we're like the, we don't care if you buy the stuff or not, but <laughs> but the domain renewal for too fast, too far shop is coming up, and it's thirty seven dollars, <laughs> and that's not a lot of money. But we but don't make thirty seven dollars from the store. I think we've probably like earnestly made less than $37 in profit on everything we've sold. And that includes probably making close to $20 on shirts that you and I have bought. Yes, yes, exactly. Because we make like two or three bucks a shirt. Like, again, if you have it in your heart, if you have someone in your life who you want to surprise this holiday season, uh, buy them a thing so we can get the $37 renewal. Because like, <laughs> it's it, like the only reason I bring it up is because like it's a very specific amount that is both not a lot of money, and also way too much money for like the the vanity URL of it all. Thirty seven just seems like too much. Yeah. Because, but like it, we get that it's not. But at the same time, it's like for the URL and like the shirts are just if you want to buy a shirt, it's not like because like the cageclub.me shirt, the cageclub.me domain, the twofastyouforever.com domain, like they're like twenty, and like this is I think because it's ecom thirty seven. So <laughs> yeah. again, no pressure. But if you feel bad. Too fast, too hard to Get shop. Get a shirt. Get a shirt. I wear the Mia Letty one, like that one, all the time. People love it. Rachel wears it all the time too. She has she has one in gray, so I think that's a really cool one. And but yeah, um, we also have an email address: family at cageclub. I mean, no one sent any emails, but I do, I do have a, a thing that I was just like, I don't know why this is happening. New five dollar patron: meet my sister Lindsay Lewandowski. I was like, oh. why? As far I said this before, I don't think she listens to the show. Definitely not. Your sister supports the show. Yes. My sister's like, I wanted to support. I'm like, cool. She's like, I didn't want, I wanted to give you more money, but I didn't want the pressure of picking movies. I was like, don't give us more money. Like, don't do this at all. (laughs) That's cute, though. Very sweet. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it. So thank you to her. Shout out to her. So I have to add her into the intro. She she could sponsor the the Too Fast Too Forever shop with her domain money. Again, it's fine. Thirty. We're not hurting for money. We we do a right on the Patreon. It's just. I was like, it seems like too much, dollars. Come it's on, too much. exactly. Like, 
you guys out there, you you feel the same way, I'm sure. Like 30, but 37 the, is just too it, much. Just the too issue much. is that, and I was saying this, saying this to Joe, I've said that domain on like 70 episodes. <laughs> I know. You're like, you're shoehorned into paying for it because you keep referencing it. I, I don't know. You know, at some point, if they're like, it's $100, dollars be like, well, I, I guess, I don't know if we have to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's awesome. I like it. Anyway, email family at cageclub.me if you want to write in. Lane mentioned or tweeted at us. Mike Mansi told us this, this too, that there is the Army of Thieves movie on Netflix, which is a spinoff somehow or in the universe of Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder movie from earlier this year okay. on Netflix. But Natalie Emmanuel Ramsey is in the movie. They Lane says that they reference Zac Efron, and Mike Mansi says they reference Nicolas Cage as well. So it's really, you know, oh. boy doing the podcast for this movie i guess like a series of podcasts right so for this movie, yeah for this movie yeah but joe on the streets news about the fast and furious i have one thing i sent to you today but other than that is there anything you have seen about the fast and furious in the last week no i haven't seen anything interesting about the fast and furious or anybody that's in the fast and the furious in the past week so this is something that we talk about fairly often because we know it's going to happen at some point but i was like i wonder like today this afternoon, I was like, I wonder if there's any news about Hobbs and Shaw. And, like, literally published this morning, The Rock was on Sirius XM. I don't know if he was on, like, a pre-recorded show or live on the radio or whatever. But they was talking about Hobbs and Shaw 2. And he wants to do he has like, he wants to do something different. And he says, as a quote, when it comes to Hobbs and Shaw, which we loved and loved making, there's an idea that I had that I called Universal, called our writer and our producer. And I said, I have this idea in this direction for the second movie. And I pitched... And it would be, without giving it away, it would be the antithesis of what Fast and Furious movies generally are, you know, they continue to go on and on and on and on. In this case, I wanted to and still want to do the quintessential Hobbs movie that, again, without giving it away, you watch a man walk off into the sunset. I said, quote, this is a quote in the quote, we have an opportunity here to go against the grain and disrupt things a bit and create a movie within the Fast and Furious world that is unexpected. So, no real actual news. So he kind of wants to, like make the Hobbsist Hobbs and Shaw movie and then have Hobbs retire from Fast and the Furious? I guess so. That's I don't kinda know what, what this I was... could mean. Yes. It, it seems like he wants to do one more of these movies and that's it. You're The Rock. Obviously, you make lots of very great acting choices in the sense that you make tons of money and uh -huh. make tons of great movies. But do you really want to, like, give up the Fast and the Furious? Like, even if it's just Hobbs and Shaw? Like, you know if you make ten of these, we're going to see ten of these, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just not... Maybe he... The only thing I can guess is that he is actually harboring ill will with Vin Diesel and doesn't want to be associated with Vin Diesel's thing. And he now has the ability to kind of kill off Hobbs? Sure. Which should which would be, like, a character that Vin kind of created, right? So, sure. as we would imagine... That'd be kind of badass, right? You're like, hey, so, you know what? Fuck this character. He's mine now, and I killed him. Well, not yeah. killed him. It walks off into the sunset, retires forever. We know we have another Hobbs and Shaw. I still ho ho hope, hope that Hobbs is in 10 or 11. We know that Shaw is going to be in in some way, unless yeah. that, like, that's the weirdest rope-a-dope, fake-out, whatever, right? But, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think so, because I think Justin Lin likes him, so yeah. Uh, that's all the news that I found sort of not news news but i think it's other people just like what's going on with this and he's like well i got an idea right like it's yeah. it doesn't even sound like they're writing it right like just like i have an idea i call the people and they're like we could do it or whatever right so yeah it's not like oh we have the script down and and like i wrote in this thing or i like i got this idea whatever yeah right. they're definitely it still weighs away apparently from Ugh, that who knows quote. well you know i was looking at so i i have the laps and like 
because we did F9 so many times, like this lap was almost six months long, but like a normal lap is like closer to four months than six months. Like this is, this lap was our longest lap, only like four days longer than the Nico Kevo lap, which was long because we did so many extra spy racers like in between and like pit stops in between those. Yeah. But like normally a lap is about four months. This lap was about six months. And so it doesn't, it seems like this is going to be like the reason I bring this up now, it seems like this is going to be the lap length for the foreseeable future until, you know, 10 comes out or Hobbs and Shaw 2, but it seems like neither of those are exactly close, right? So Yeah, exactly. Well, if there's no more news, then the only thing to do is to do the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 34, a minute I called Stinking Boats. What do we got? That's good. Show me his button. Cars, cars. Where are the cars? Stinking boats. Where are the cars? <laughs> Come on, I need the cars. Where are the cars at? So in this minute, the befuddled man finishes his walk across the street as more racers speed by. Brian and Roman get to the impound lot before any other racer. Brian rams the gate at the lot as he and Roman drive past a bunch of boats in search of Carter's car at the house. Carter pulls up information on Brian and Roman, and Brian and Roman find Carter's car and hop out of their cars as the minute Ends. And this is a doozy of a minute for Dude. nothing that you just heard, nothing <laughs> that I just said, but this is quite possibly the longest, most detail in a Too Fast, Too Furious, or even the first movie, minutes, because there are six different shots of computer in screens. Milliseconds. In milliseconds. I told you on Facebook. Yes. I had to slow this down. So the way, like the program that I use just to loop it as I use VLC, like I chopped it up into like minute sized chunks and I just loop it. I had to slow the playback down to 0.12x, like one eighth <laughs> speed in VLC, because there are computer screens that there's probably like you see four of in about three quarters of a second. Yes. And they're filled with information I guess, canonical information about Roman and also other things, questions. I don't know, but there's so much here. So before we get into this, because there's it's a lot, it's a lot, it's too much, honestly. But what did you notice otherwise, other than anything of note, aside from what's on these screens? I have a I have a couple things. Well, well, I have some things about the screens, but mostly this is at the Rickenbacker Marina. At three, the Rick three, and Morty Arena, okay. The Rick and Morty Arena at 3301 Rickenbacker Causeway on Virginia Key. Um, I linked to it so you can go to where the marina is. It does not look like it is that big to just be driving around it. I think that they were just doing circles, as they kind of allude to with the like. Oh, so earth. they're using a marina as the impound lot. Like, all the boats are just actually there because it's near water. They called it a marina, and they say that it's there. Uh, they, they just like 
put cars in the back of it, but like you obviously can't drive into that marina, right? Like on Google Maps, at least. Right. So I mean, I unless can't... you ram the gate next to a security guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you go down, like you get to the end of the marina, like pretty quick. Right. Sure, yeah. Like there it's just like along this road and then there's just like a marina. So the marina has to be close to water. It doesn't seem like it's like massive, like by any stretch anywhere if you look at the map. Sure. And based on the thing. So it is cool though. You can see it. There's apparently like I saw it on that front sign there, there's like uh what is it called? Like Whiskey Joe's. Wait, whiskey yeah. Whiskey, Whiskey Joe's, Joe's Bar and, Bar and yep. Grill. So I think that one day we should stop at Whiskey Joe's Bar and Grill and sure. maybe get a get a beverage. It's appropriately well, named. We we sure sure do. Sure is. Teasing future things. We have we have other addresses to add to our world tour of Fast and Furious locations now. What? Me? Yes. No, yes, no, we... no, not just that. I mean like things that we notice on the screen. Like we have two new addresses. Oh yeah. I, did you see I linked to them? Oh no, I oh no, good. Okay, That's what good I'm job. saying. I have some I have Perfect. some information about these cool. screens. Yes. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay. So um, then I got some stuff. Uh, one of the coolest things in this minute was the the li- the thing that lifts the boat is in car IMDb's. It's a Wiggins Marina lifter. I think that's it. Then other things I have from the from the screens. By the way, guys, Joey got all the screens. It it's literally like four pages worth of screens and tables, and you did an yeah, awesome we, I, job. I, you crushed there's it. There's two tables in here because I'm like I can't reflect this in bullets no it has to be tables there are tables on the screen and they should be tables perfect job anything else before we do a deep dive into rowan pierce no because we, we're gonna take up a lot of time i think so go ahead so the first thing is he's it's the first and the final because it's the first one and then like when carter we we zoom out to show because it's all like computer screens and then we see like carter's face in front of it and we can see the bottom of it so this is kind of a two-parter but we see roman's motor vehicle record License. So we have a social security number. Yes. It's his, like, license page, Yes, which is basically a social security number is essentially 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, <laughs> which is not enough numbers. But also, instead of the 1, it's an 8. So it's 8, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So it's, yes. like, cool. Very cool. <laughs> Nailed it. Birthday, April 12th, 1973. Okay. What does that make him? What sign is that? Uh, should be Taurus, right? Yeah, that's Taurus. Is it a line? I don't know anything about... Stubborn. Yep. Yeah, like, Tauruses are mostly known for being stubborn and set in their ways, and yes, not as, like, flamboyant, maybe, but yeah, mostly just, like, stubborn. Cool. So, definitely. Yeah. Uh, 62181, at least on the license, which was issued in 1990, expires in 2001, so it's a nice long run. It's a California license plate, which makes sense, because he lives in Barstow, etc. Yeah. Then we have at the bottom of that screen, we have his driving record history. And this is the one part of this where I feel like the person got lazy. Because <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, like, the yep. whatever Conrel is, is, like, the date of the thing, right? And they all happen on April 8th, which was my cat's birthday, or Valentine's Day. It's, like, in <laughs> different years. Yep. It's, like, uh, 89. And they're not in chronological order. It's just, like, all over the place. But it's careless driving, speeding, but it's 10 miles and under. I don't know. Speeding again, careless driving, seatbelt, a violation code of some kind, seatbelt violation, yep. speeding, speeding, careless driving, speeding. Cool. I also don't know what Carter's gleaning from this. You're just like, yeah, okay, he's a person. He has a history. He has a record. I think that that's mostly what it is. He's kind of like, which is so ironic that Monica's sitting there. He's like, he's like vetting him to see if he's like a real person sure. and not like an undercover agent. When Monica's doing it with him, 
and Roman is a real person who is like an actual scumbag, you know, right. character yes. wise. Like he's a criminal yeah. and does all these things. So like obviously he's gonna have a record and all this shit. We know this to begin with. They didn't even need to fake a record and stuff for him like they would have for Brian and Monica because Roman just exists. So I'm guessing also it's part of like look how much access he has. Like he's tapped into like federal data or like you know yeah we know that later because he has the cop on his payroll that's the guy from um you know the rat uh, guy rat chest yes the rat guy yep so then we have the cdcz credit summary but not like his credit score this is just like his credit card statement (laughs) from this from this month essentially (laughs) instead of account summary it's account summary so that's the only like the, the only actual typo i've seen and there's a lot of text here but there's purchases dates his balance and then where he is so joe i asked you to come up with like a story because he starts in Los Angeles. And he yes. goes to Buster Video, which I love because yes. Buster. Yes. Yes. Then he goes to Bloomingdale's. Yep. And then he goes to Florida and he goes to Kensington Rental. So I guess he rents a car, even though he's there with the FBI. I have a different would... thought, but go ahead. Okay. Then he goes to Blockbuster. Yep. In the city of Dade County. Apparently, that's a city now. Then he goes to Structure Store. Yep. Then St. Mary's Hospital. Yep. Then Metro Call Parking. And then Bell Atlantic Cellular. Paging. Sorry, paging. Metro Call Paging and then Bell Atlantic Cellular. And so this is over the span. He does two things in L.A. And then starting in Florida on February 9th. So we know now, definitively, according to the screen, this movie takes place in February. Yes. That's what we learned. Sure. Okay. Valentine's Day movie for sure. He literally, tra- he, he it's over Valentine's Day, pretty much. We're, yes, he has not, so either, we're close. Actually, so here's the thing. So the sale date, but then the post date, so we're after Valentine's Day because the post date, is, it, it's not pending anymore. It's like this post on the 21st. Yeah, so we're post Valentine's Day, yes. Yeah, so. Okay. So what what narrative, and also just to let you know that we have, the previous balance was $1,741.21. Purchase in advance is $3,058. But he paid it off in full. He paid it. He's, yep. he's doing good with this. He's going to get points for that. That's good. Although he, his minimum payment due is $63. So. Well, that's because, yeah. like, the new statement posted. Yep. But, his, yep. yeah, it's okay. He's doing good. He's paying so it off. So what is Roman doing? Who is he shopping for? Why is he at Bloomies? He's either renting, renting a lot of porno or he's just a movie buff. And sure. to be honest, I think that he's probably just renting, like, Friday on loop is what I can imagine Rogan's okay. doing. But he starts off in California. He rents a movie that night. Brian comes, punches him in the face. He's like, now I have to go to Florida. So he's like, I need some new fucking clothes if I'm going to be in Florida. Goes to Bloomies to buy himself some new Florida Why on house arrest, though, remember? Well, he's not on house arrest because once he sees Bilkins, like he's okay, like... Okay, so Bilkins and Brian escort him to Bloomingdale's. Yes. Which I want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah, and Roman gets like some new like Miami fit because because mm-hmm. he's like gonna be shirt like he knows it he's gonna be like shirtless and stuff he's like okay cool need some new clothes he lands he lands in Miami and now okay Kensington Rental I was trying to think of what this could be too there is a place called Kensington in Coral Springs Florida and it's about an hour north of Miami okay and I think that's his apartment. Oh, so he's renting an apartment in Miami? Well, it's or, past Fort Lauderdale. But I could see, like, he needs, like, a home base, right? Because this is, like, the Brian has the house but we thing. see we see later in the movie that he crashes with Tej, doesn't he? Yes, but that's 
for like the undercover part of the story, right? Like he actually oh. does need a place to stay, right? So this is like how in the turbocharged prelude we see Brian's house, yep, but in the first saying. movie he's crashing at Racer's Edge. Exactly. Okay. So like okay. he actually does have a place that's like his place with that stuff. he's paying for out of pocket. I think he's going to get reimbursed for this because if he bought the clothes and the the things. Okay. Okay. He gets the house. He immediately goes to Blockbuster because he's like, "Damn it, I don't have Friday." I left Friday here. in California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I left Friday in California, so he rents it again. He goes home, goes to watch the movie, and he's like, "I don't have a couch or anything." So he goes to Structure Store, number two forty-five. Yep, in Miami, which, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is like a furniture store to kind of furnish this house that he rented. I Googled structure store number 245 and Google says it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. So like it's not a real place. So when I, I searched just structure store Miami, I got a redirect to a furniture store. Like the first link on Bing was to a furniture store. And I was like, okay. that kind of makes sense. Sure. So it's like called something else. I forget. It had like a fancy name, but it was like kind of a fancy furniture store. I was like, okay, you know, he probably got like a couch, a couple tables and stuff like that. Because that is the same day. He goes to Structure Store the same day he goes to Blockbuster. So he goes and then, yes. Okay. Then, two days later, he's at St. Mary's Hospital. I think that he was too cheap to pay for the the, the in-house delivery of the furniture. He tries to move it himself and hurts himself moving the furniture in. So he goes to the hospital because he, like, hurt his back, his okay, knee, okay, okay, something okay. like that. He's like, okay, I'm in Miami. Now he's, like, been settled there, so... Okay, he goes to the hospital in the morning because he, like, wakes up like, oh, fuck, I, I fucked myself up. Then he goes to uh, Metro Call Paging, and at this time, Metro Call Paging was, like, a really big two-way pager company, so he needs something to text text women. Sure, of course. Because there wasn't, like, like, SMS wasn't really big, but two-way pagers were big, right? Yeah. So he gets a two-way pager, but he also needs a cell phone. So then he goes to Bell Atlantic Cellular, gets a cell phone too. He has a two-way pager and a cell phone. Now he's set in Miami. We start the day. So he's in Miami for five days on here, and he's still, like, getting settled. So, like... It makes sense. Rent an apartment and stuff. If we think about what we've seen in the movie, he lands at the FBI headquarters. Yeah. And they're just chilling for a couple days until, like... Well, they have to wait for the race. We're ready. They have to wait for the race to like, like happen. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't. It's. It doesn't seem far fetched to me for her to be like, "Oh, we have a race on Friday. It's Monday. They just got here. Like, you guys have to like lay low and get the cars and like, you know what I mean? All this stuff set up so that when Friday comes around, then you're ready for the race. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So, I mean, obviously in the movie, it's like three minutes long and it feels like it's all the same day. But in reality, it probably would take a couple of days, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And now we know. And now we're also more than a week after that, because if the Bell Atlantic cellular thing is posted on the 21st. Yeah. So then we have his vehicle registration report from the DMV. There's something later. This is a 1990 Chevy with license plate 4TRB001. So I guess 4 Turbo, whatever. Yeah. But this is an address of South Bayshore Drive, which you found that does not look like a residential location. Which is what I wanted to point out. If Carter Verone was really doing his homework here, he would learn that 150 South Bayshore Drive is just like a part of an avenue in Florida. It's just like on the street. Okay. So this car was registered to like a park, pretty much, right? Like it's across the street from like a hotel, like a hotel and like a restaurant and stuff. But like it's just a park. There's there's some clues here that Roman's not exactly who Roman thinks he is or says he is to Carter. But Carter's just trying to see if he's real and not paying attention, not digging deeper like we are. 
We're doing more work than Carter Verone. Exactly. So then there is the release of liability. This is like him, I believe, selling. There's something at some point about, or maybe it's not yet. This is, I think he sold his car. Yeah, it's just like, you know, car trans, title transfers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which is a lot of detail that, like, they're just throwing the screen up there. So sure, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But then we have his California address. And then this is, I think, for a motorcycle, a Mitsubishi motorcycle. Because there's, the, there's a thing that says maximum performance speed of motorcycles. We don't see the speed, but I think that this is... But this we know, we have his Barstow address. Yes. And go ahead. Is this the, is this the Demolition Derby dry? Bar, uh, no, open it. It's just a dead end at the end of a cul-de-sac. Okay. So it's not a house number. If you check this one too, it's nobody's house. It might be like the lot across the street at some point. The, the house that you go to is 901. Okay. So across the street, we would assume is Evens, correct? Probably, yep. Although I, I get a little, I don't know where, like when a cul-de-sac, because this is the tip of the cul-de-sac, I don't know where you go from Evens to Oz, but maybe this is the pivot point. Yeah, like when you do the loop, then the other side of the street would be Evens, is what I was guessing. And the other side of the street is undeveloped. So it's just like a plot of land in Barstow. Yeah, okay. Which could play both ways, because like Roman had the fucking... RV camper that he lived yep. in so he could just like park that there but I think more so it's just that it's a fake address yeah and he's just like pointing it like he knew that there's nothing here so but like, like so so who's faking the address is this the FBI falsifying records possibly so I was thinking yes that's what I'm thinking the FBI is like falsifying some records um, but I also wouldn't pe- put it past Roman to be selling cars and just putting, like, whatever random fucking address he wants on it so he doesn't, like, they don't find him, right? And he was on house arrest and in jail and stuff, so... Okay. I would have questions about this, though. If, I, if I'm doing some research on two new guys that show up and I'm a criminal and I see all these fake addresses pointing to nowhere, I'd be like, why the fuck are you using all these fake addresses on your car titles and shit? Like, you know, like, you got some explaining explaining to do. And if, but he could get out of it. He could be like, you know, I was on house arrest. I was living at the Demolition Derby. Uh, That's my uncle's plot of land that he never put a house on. He died. Right. Whatever. So there's one more screen. And this is where this is this is the first one I saw. And I'm like, I don't understand any. So this is page two of the Miami City Police Interpol data link records and identification, the International Criminal Police Organization. And okay. we're just dropped into the middle of a report on page two. Yes, I think. Taken together, so this is, a, you know, in summation of whatever we didn't say. Yeah. Taken together, the observations suggest that Brian is more attentive during the structured instructional times when tasks are physically involving and instruction is fast-paced. She, what, has more difficulty attending during unstructured, more passive times of the day. She, again, she, yeah. also demonstrated a high activity level across both observations. I think that's supposed to be he and be talking about Roman. So Brian is a typo, she is a typo, and she is a typo. No, no, no. This is weird, but it feels like they're comparing Brian, actually Brian. Why? Why would that Why would that ever be? Maybe it's part of their backstory that they were, like, arrested together. Like, that's how they know each other. But I don't think they were arrested together. He arrested, you know, Roman That's Fake, FB- Brian fake he- FBI reports. Fake FBI reports. So they're dripping into the police. Okay, interesting. Okay, so then this is an extremely egocentric individual, which checks, 
which tracks, who cannot take the criticism of others or tolerate shortcomings of any kind, he'd further be described as someone who requires instant gratification for his impulses, yes, and who can react violently when those impulses are not satisfied. He is glib and superficial, yes, but also extremely, extremely manipulative. He must be dominant in all relationships with women. Well, this is getting into something, some kinky shit here, because <laughs> he can also become very possessive, irrationally jealous of those he feels are not spending enough time attending to his needs in his sexual relationships. And then it goes on from there, though. It's it's not on screen anymore. It's weird. So I don't know why we needed to include those, but... I don't know either, man. So... There's a couple things at play here. So either in the universe, these are real police reports, which means that a cop in California or whatever wrote this thing, why they include it, or the FBI falsified this, why they include that. Wait, but go back. Doesn't he, didn't he say like, I know Brian from Juvie? So this could be like the Juvie records where he did get arrested with Brian. Because Brian says like, I know him from Juvie, right? But I, don't those get expunged when you turn 18? That doesn't mean they like delete them. That means that like you... Like, they exist somewhere. But Interpol has them? Maybe. I don't know. But then in the making of the movie world, someone wrote this. Yes. Ostensibly to some endgame. And I don't know what that endgame is. Well, it's really not. They just needed to fill a page because you see it for, like, 0.2 milliseconds. Like, literally, like, it's a flash on the screen. that you, No one was ever supposed to read these. Right. Ever. Correct. Actually, the thing before, I, think, I don't think it's a Mitsubishi motorcycle. It's his body type sedan, but I don't know why it says maximum performance speed of motorcycle. Who knows? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. I don't know either. We now know everything about Roman. We got a social security number, his birthday, his height, his weight, his addresses, his vehicles, his driving history. Worth checking out the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute document. This is a huge in the piece. post on yeah. Patreon. I agree. This was a really huge undertaking, and it's really, really awesome to read. And go watch the minute just to see how fast it, it, it flies by. Like... It is a flash. So clearly the question is going to be, what is Roman's home address, right? Because that's a very fair question. 890 yeah. Arroyo Drive, 891 Arroyo Drive, 892 <laughs> Arroyo Drive. Yeah. No, the question that I have, I think that's because, uh, again, I was like my brain, I, I, did, I spent so much time doing this other thing. I think this is a fair question. Who gets to the lot holding Carter Verone's impounded car first? And the answer is Brian because Brian it pulls busts up through first. the gates. Yep. yep. Brian, Fabio, Fonzi, or Roman. I think it's a, it's a little bit easier of a question, but I think because of how much brain mush we went through, I think it's a fair question, and it's it's good. Because Roman could have got there first, Brian yep, could have got there 50, first. I think it's a 50 I think it's Roman or Brian. If you guess the other ones, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Anything else about this surprisingly interesting involving minutes? No. It was a lot to undertake for you, so thank you. No, it's just a lot to think about. Glad that you got all that, though, because that's... That'll be something we could reference back to. That's like, I think that's like, it feels like one of the most important parts of this movie and a part that I totally did not remember happened at all. Like, I remember Roman's picture on the screen. I did not remember that there was words next to it. I did not remember there's four different pages that they flipped through. The other thing I want to say is that uh, Monica is kind of like lounging, like inside, just like so relaxed while this is going on. Like, I'd be sweating. Got, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she's, a, she's one cool, cool cucumber. <laughs> she definitely is. All right, Joe, let's take a break and let us come back and talk about F9.
Fast Two Forever. This is episode number 208, F9, again. This episode is brought to you by The Jacob. The greatest luxury is the peace of mind you and your loved ones will know, have knowing you are living life to the fullest each and every day. Shout out to The Jacob. Well, shout out to The Jacob, and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever with us tonight from Mystery Science Theater, Cinematic Titanic, and Rift Tracks, and now... This is going to give it away her name, the Mary Jo Peel Show and Movie Joe Knight on Twitch. We have Mary Jo Peel. Hello, Mary Jo. Hi. How are you? Welcome. Very, very good. Very excited to have you here. This is a big moment because you, <laughs> yeah, why? you are now the second person <laughs> to come on the show. So you, your name crossed our radar because last year, I believe, you joined the Maximum Film Podcast to talk about at least one of these movies. Yes, that's true. When this, like... Fast and Furious kind of crossover big time podcast event crossed our radar. I was like, I want to talk to all of them. And so we had Drea on a month or two ago and she was wonderful. I love her. She doesn't know this, but she's she's my BFF. I've never, <laughs> I've never met her so in cool. person, but she's so great. And I hope the next time I get to, I think she's in LA. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Yes, Drea, absolutely. That's fantastic. And then spoilers for Next Lap, we're having Alonzo on for an, an episode Next Lap. Ugh. So we're still waiting on Iffy, but you yeah. are now the third of the four. I know that you're not a host of that show, but you were a guest. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. I want to know everything. And then when we were emailing this week, you're like, I don't really have a huge history with the franchise. So please, to us and to our listeners, what's your history with the franchise? Because we made you watch <laughs> F9, which is maybe yeah. Yeah. the most impermeable, like... A lot of these movies could be somebody's first movie. You're like, I don't really remember the movies. I can jump back in. This is not one of those. So this is kind of a tall (laughs) ass. Yeah. And I am so sorry. No, no, no. I, Joey, I forget which episode I was on Maximum (laughs) about because I'm sorry, this, this franchise was not made for me. This, the storylines and the relationships are really complicated for me. Like, I feel like I need to be in one of those homicide rooms with all the pictures, and then they draw oh. they draw strings, uh, <laughs> or they make strings making the connections, because that's how I think, you know? But I will say this. So I can't, for, I can't remember which um, episode I talked to Ify and Alonzo and Drea about, but that was my first viewing of A Fast and Furious so how do you get roped in then? If if you've never like I was under the impression that like they're like, Oh, Mary Joe's a fan. We're gonna get her on here. So that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, she's gonna be a great guest. I mean, I'm I know that I know in my heart already, based on, you know, just the joy and the warmth that you bring. Like I I know you're gonna be a good guest, but it's not the type of good guest that I was expecting you to be. Oh, that's so hilarious. How, yeah, no. How do you get roped in? Yeah, you are so funny. She's gonna be a good guest. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, because I'm I'm tight with Alonzo, and I think okay. I think he was just uh, he was looking to have people on uh, the podcast. I think okay. if memory serves. So if if these are not your type of movies, and obviously you have a history with a certain type of movie, shall we say, with Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks, and like you know, you're not a stranger to over-the-top, maybe what some people would call bad movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, if you're just sitting down, you're like, I just want to watch a movie tonight. Like, if Fast and Furious is not your jam, what is the type of movie that you are – like, what do you, like, look forward to watching? Oh, you know, I look forward to 
sadly, I'll back up a little bit. Sadly, when the pandemic started, I started binge watching a lot of series. And then I found myself uh, not having the attention span for a movie. So Mm -hmm. then when I was on the podcast with Alonzo, I got, he's so so incredibly smart about movies and pop culture and all that. Uh, I started realizing, oh, I need to like, get more disciplined about just watching a movie. So I am just tuning into, this is the long answer. I apologize. I am tuning into- No, no, in, we got nothing fine. but time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am tuning into things that completely escaped my radar. For example, and if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I uh, started watching Tommy Boy, which I'd never seen. Oh, okay, and, okay. And a lot of people- make these references to it that they think I know what they're talking about, you know, and people use the shorthand and yeah, it's a Tommy boy reference. So I thought I'm going to, you know, you have no idea how well you're describing my dynamic with Joe. Yes. He's just like making jokes about things and laughing. I'm like, I don't, is that a, is that a reference? I don't understand. Like, it's just, yes. Yeah. Just right there with you. Yeah. Cue in blank look right here. Yes, exactly. Um, And I, I'm, I cannot get through it, but I am bound and determined to see it through to the end. So, no, seriously, if it's like two minutes a night, because here's my, my dealio, I have a, a real problem with follow through. So it's my goal to finish fucking Tommy Boy. I'm sorry. What rating, what rating is this podcast? You can say whatever you want. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. So if something pops up, um, I'm just trying to follow my curiosity. I'm sorry. That's the long answer. So... What you're saying, the way that I'm going to interpret that (laughs) is that we're doing you a favor because (laughs) the Fast and Furious escaped your radar. And so we're like, hey, 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 there are so many more of these movies that you have not seen. I think I just looked it up. I think you talked to me maybe about the first two on that show. Does that make does that ring a bell or is that still like? No, it does ring a bell. So but that's still there's. Seven movies no, between you where, made that, where you were and where you are. <laughs> but, but okay, Joey, first of all, if that's what you need to tell yourself to justify this podcast, that you're doing me a favor, I, that I good for you. Secondly, <laughs> um, I am having watched these movies and they, they are super entertaining. I am fascinated by the uh, special effects or the, the drive, the driving, she said, sounds like my grandma, you know, when they <laughs> drive. But I am curious because I've read a tiny bit. I am very curious about Tokyo Drift and Hobbs and Shaw. So I might tune in one of those tonight. Cool. Okay. Those so are that's a that's very nice. good okay. segue. Yes. yes. So without further ado, what did you think of this movie? Either within the, the, the framing of the world of the Fast and Furious that you know or maybe remember from last year, or just as a movie or anywhere you want to go, because this movie came out in June, and this is already the sixth time that we're talking about it. So really, <laughs> wherever you want to take this conversation, please go for it, because I somehow have notes. I somehow notice new things. I don't know oh. how that's possible. Right. What did you th- did you Did you like this? Is it possible to like this movie without the background? Did you like this movie? I I don't mean to play semantics, but let's say I enjoyed it. There were parts okay. of it that I yeah, really enjoyed. I thought the uh, the action sequence when they are in Central or South America, I thought that was really fun. Like the whole bridge thing, I kind of love yeah. that shit. I'm both terrified but compelled. 
But I was kind of lost because I wasn't familiar with the character of Cypher and I don't know what happened to Brian's mother. So I was kind of lost. Yeah, so the Cypher character is the biggest disappointment in the franchise so far. So she comes in in the last movie, she comes in at eight, and she's the the big bad villain. And then at the end of that movie, spoilers to the end of that movie, she jumps out of a plane and is just like, can't catch me. And we're like, that sucks. That's not satisfying. And so here, you know, we see her get captured, or we don't see her get captured, but she is captured, and then she becomes a villain. She's, like, on the run at the end here, too. So, like, she's been set up in this franchise as possibly the big bad villain. Like, she's the one that they're going to eventually have to stop. And, like, that's – because there's only two more movies in this main franchise. This thing that's gone on for 20 years. They're ambiguous about how – about her? Like, we don't know? There's not much that we know about her that you did not learn from this movie. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Got it. She's mysterious. She's mysterious. She's like a hacker. She's like this, you know, super smart, super cunning, super ruthless villain. But like what we got in eight is kind of what we get in nine here too. And she was not, she did not exist before that. I see. She's going to come back in some form. Who knows? Because she runs away at the end of this movie again. You're not really missing much there. I don't know. I'm always really interested in how, as these franchises grow, they are like a a season of a television show where they fold in, they might reference something casually, and then I'm curious to know how the writers arrive at, oh, you know what we said in the first episode? Um, We should explore that. And then somebody's brother shows up, like John Cena, right? So yeah. has he been has he been referenced before or is this Never. new? Okay. <laughs> right, right. So that that kind of writing is is really interesting to me. Uh let's have him have an evil brother. Let's have this backstory. So we've has the dad ever been referenced before? Sparingly. Okay. Has he been seen on camera? No, never. Uh, okay. He was dead from the be- from the first one. They like he's like I remember him. Like he's gone. Like, they reference him as in, like, he existed at some point, but we've never seen him. And we knew that he died on a racetrack. Yes, So when this movie opens on a racetrack, we're like, okay, we think we, like, the the people who have been there since whatever, you know, who are very invested, sort of know where it's going, but this is the first time we're seeing him. Yes. Okay, this is interesting, and I'm sorry to make this episode a um, No, no, no. This is fun. This might be helpful, too. Fast and Furious primer, but I appreciate it because, again, I'm I'm really curious how these movies develop and evolve and and, uh, have this spider web of... um, Sure. Because I was reading the wiki page, and there's, as you know, there are short films, there's the cartoon Mm -hmm. series. So that Mm -hmm. is amazing to me. That's fascinating (laughs) to me. And how you how you keep um, feeding it and where it goes, and I, I look like I say I look at it as a a writer and developing all that. Well, what's fun about it, in a way that like it's maybe not fun for everybody, but it is essentially a two hundred million dollar movie each time soap opera, right? Yes, where it's yes like, right. Everything right. is ridiculous. Right. There's like, <laughs> right. there's now an evil brother and there's like exactly. a dead dad. And there's like, you know, in the last movie in eight, you know, Vin Diesel's character Dom went evil because like he had to like, his family was in jeopardy or whatever. The way that you're able to fold all this in is because like there are rules and there's continuity, but it's also like, 
yeah, but also like, what if we just went to space? And it's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll we'll just go for that. Like, no. you kind of throw the rule book out a little bit. Yes, right. And having no, having such a such a, not a lot of background in the previous iterations, I thought the space thing was a little ridiculous. Like, yes, the 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 universe that they've created is a bit of a stretch, but that just that just kind of jumped the shark again with my limited knowledge and. That could have been a separate movie, not even a Fast and Furious movie, because there was there was some good gaggery in there. There was some good, um, you know, visuals. So I think that the the space thing is actually like a tongue in cheek, yeah. pointing to the fans because all the rumors were like these movies keep getting so big and so oh. ridiculous. The only thing that they have left to do <laughs> is go to space. So when they made this movie, they put a segment in it about going to space to like laugh at the audience. Like, oh, ha ha ha, here you go. We went to space just to tease you. Yeah, like a little back. tweak, a little tweak yes. to the, oh, interesting. Okay. Because even though they're all sort of crazy, the first four, so the two that you saw and then Tokyo Drift and then the fourth one, which is just called, confusingly, just Fast and Furious, which is kind of a reboot, they're all pretty grounded like this they're not going to space they're not doing incredible like magnets where it's like does this really how physics work like the first four are really kind of about driving and about racing and about like a more kind of grounded thievery heisting and and that whole subculture that subculture is really interesting to Mm -hmm. me yep and then starting in five and this is what joe was just saying it's like five is kind of like five is considered the best movie in the franchise by just about everybody but it's where it starts to get a little bit crazy. Like it's still grounded and it's still somewhat realistic, but like the final action set piece is kind of insane. And then the sixth one is crazier. And then the seventh one is even crazier. And then the eighth one is even crazier. And now they're going to space. And so Mm -hmm. like what Joe was saying is right. It's people are like, well, how do you go? You just have to go to, you have to go to space. And so they're like, well, we're going to go to space. Right. Right. We'll figure it out how to get them to, to space. What's the title of Fast and Furious Five? Because I'm really curious about. See now you're Fast getting me. Five. You're getting me so involved in this. See, <laughs> see, good, my will. exactly. Fast, just Fast Five. Okay. Just simple. And six is Furious Six. Fast and Furious Six. Fast. <laughs> sorry, and then Furious Seven is Seven. See now, if you lived in the UK, they would all just be the Fast and Furious One, the Fast and Furious Two, the Fast and Furious Three. Like it's very simple over there. Here, it's nonsense. Why? Why do you think that is? No idea. That's one thing I, I don't have a good answer about. We still don't know the official title for F9. I think it's F9. It but might it have was, a hashtag. It might not have a hashtag. A colon, it might be called colon, F9 the Fast, the Fast saga. saga. It might just be called the Fast Saga. I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm just... It's been branded as all of them at some yeah. point on official releases. And like in, in, in junkets and stuff leading up to it, like Vin Diesel called it multiple different things. It's like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> Get the messaging straight, dude. Like, right? Like, like, Mary jo- like, we have, as you know, you're on it right now. We have a podcast exclusively about these movies. And when we did our preview episode of, like, what to expect, what we were hoping for, we're like, we don't know what to call this. And the episode, the movie comes out in three days. And, like, that's, that's bad branding in, like, a time where, like, you kind of need to know what you're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, but I know the feeling of just working on the fly, you know, just sure. figuring it out. But, yeah. Okay, here's here's another question I have for Joey okay. and Joe. And, again, my limited my limited 
database on these movies. In the three that I've seen, they they have circled back at the very end to some sort of, it's all about family and it's a family yep. dinner. So there's the food thing, but it's also a very um, Christian. It felt really Christian to me, maybe specifically Catholic. I'm not sure, but it's so, it's so interesting to me that they just kind of, for want of a better word, shoehorn that in at the end family. And then people are saying prayers. And uh, so I would love your thoughts on that. We've had it someone be a guest that specifically was like looking at this through the lens of Christianity and like the Christian messages in this. Fascinating. Do tell. Yeah. So there's like a lot. They, I mean, to think the, the thing you see a lot in this in F9 is the chain and the chain is a cross, right? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. and the chain is a through line through the franchise. And you're right. The, the barbecues at the end feel very kind of, like last supper right? Mm-hmm. Like they have that kind of feeling. You can't touch the food until you say a prayer. Until yes. you give thanks to God for the food mm-hmm. you're about to eat. Yes. Yes, definitely that too. And I think that this one had the most like overt references to God in it. At one point, Dom says like, like God is in your heart or something mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. his son too. There, There's definitely strong christian messaging in these i don't know why like it doesn't really like play a role besides like it's just sprinkled throughout yeah yeah but it is fascinating to think about and yeah it it exists in them for sure and that guest we had on that talked about the focus like focus on this she wrote a thing i think for yahoo about like how dom the vin diesel character is like a christ figure like he is he he embodies it he preaches the message he sacrifices himself and for you know popcorn entertainment to be so like overtly mm-hmm. religious mm-hmm. in a time where like i think society as a whole is getting less and less religious it's like okay like this is there are values here in a way that aren't in other franchises and not, not that it's good or bad and not that it's like something that people want yeah. or don't want but it's just they've committed to a choice and a theme in a way that's like okay yeah but it's it seems and again uh, i'll stop saying this but let me just say again with my limited knowledge of the franchise it seems kind of shoehorned in, and I'm I'm also really curious about the uh, the the moral choices of the characters. And you could always make the argument that they are doing they are making the best choice in the situation presented to them. But then to circle back to this idea of Christianity, it, it doesn't feel reconciled to me. And perhaps no. I'm reading more into it than it ever intended maybe it's just a throwaway to to appeal to an audience and i'm not trying to be cynical about it i mean all movies have something to that effect to, to read into it too much is, is precisely our job so yeah <laughs> thank you for doing you're that. in the right place yeah you're in the absolute right place i don't even think it's like a draw to audience though because these movies play so well globally They've kind of like expanded beyond like any type of like they're, they're just they're just blockbusters, right? They're just mm-hmm. big action mm-hmm. movies. So like I'm having to guess that it's part of like Vin Diesel actually putting what he wants in the movie and trying to like mm, okay convey some of these like Christian themes, like or his something personal like that. values. Yes, I think that it's okay. it's more of a vehicle for that because you're right. I don't think that any of the characters particularly portray christian values like in their choices themselves it's just like the message is kind of a through line in the franchise so it is it is interesting because like 
you know, there's there's like half naked women all the time and like right. them like doing these kind of things and they're they are criminals, right? They're thieves right. at the end of the day. So it's like I, I think it's just him just sprinkling morals throughout the films because he has such a large fingerprint in them now. Oh, and maybe trying to sort of weight it a little bit, balance it, maybe? I don't know. Maybe that, yeah. That that would make sense. Or offset offset these the extreme values of of these people. In the seventh movie, we get a flashback to Dom and Letty's wedding. And it's like a secret wedding that we, again, didn't know about. But it is in a church, so Catholic. Mm-hmm. The The wedding ring is the necklace, like the, the cross necklace that Dom wears that like goes back and forth. Now, Jacob has a second one that I guess his dad had given both of them or whatever. Like, that's the ring. And so, or, you know, it embodies the ring. It, that's like the, the symbol of well, their right. love. And so, right. like, they're not hiding it. And they're not masking they're not like downplaying it like they're leaning into it if anything and so yeah. it's, it's again it's just a fascinating because the thing about vin diesel as an actor and as a performer as a creator producer whatever is that you know he started i think one of the first things like where he was discovered in a way is he he directed and starred in a film called multi right multi-facial right and i think that's what steven spielberg saw and like cast him in saving private ryan and like it went from there or whatever but he's always been kind of like vague about his ethnicity yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that he is somehow able to represent many different groups of people. And there's something like that just he he is a lot of people see themselves in him on screen, even though he is, you know, a Huge. movie star with a body that like nobody yeah. could really yeah. attain yeah. or whatever. He's really? he's approachable yeah. and like relatable yeah. in a way, which yeah. is fascinating. No, I'm just thinking about that. That's really, really interesting. It's strange because, like, you don't like. I can't think of another blockbuster or like a, a franchise. Not maybe like single movies, sure, but like where like religion is not like what it's about, but like religion is like a giant all of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens to Brian's mother? Not not Brian the grown up Paul Walker, but the oh baby Brian, baby Brian. Yeah. So Cipher killed her in the last movie. Now, why did Cipher do that? Because she needed Dom. So she kidnapped this woman who was in a couple of the previous movies Yep, that had a very short-lived relationship with Dom. And a baby that we, again, did not know about until, until the baby was a baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> excellent. <Yeah>. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs> because as you picked up on and as you've mentioned, like one of the themes in this is family. And so the last movie, Eight, is like, why would Dom turn against his family? And the answer is for more other family. family. Yeah, for more, more family. family. And right, so right. Cypher kidnaps the baby and the, and the mother and then kills the mother to be like, hey, I'm serious. And then at the end of that movie, when she jumps out the plane, Shaw, who, if you see through the credits here, the Jason Statham character, rescues the baby. And even though he's done some unforgivable things in the past – that is enough to sort of ingratiate him in and like welcome him in, into the family for a barbecue at the end of the previous movie. And so like there's a wow. whole like baby thing. Yeah, it's right, wild. Right. So they really pay, play fast and loose. Uh, sorry, fast and loose with um, <laughs> shit making sense. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of there's lots of suspension of belief for sure. Right. Right. Like, what are the what would the motivation be? And of course, you can backfill in anything. What would the motivation be for that? And because he rescued the baby, despite overlooking all the heinous things he had done yes. previously. Yeah. Because 
there's something like around what Shaw, what Statham's character did that I won't sort of, I, they, this movie sort of spoils, but like there's the Han character who returns from the dead in this movie, a character you don't know because you only saw the first two movies, but is like a fan favorite in the third movie and dies in the third movie. And they've rewritten it so that like he could come back. Like they've, the amount of logistical <laughs> backflips they've had to do to like. Totally. Right. But, to save Han. But, but somehow, somewhat, to a certain extent at least, makes sense. Like, in a world where none of this should make sense, it sort of makes sense. And I think that's a testament to, like, either the lack of rules or they actually kind of sort of have a plan. None of this should add up, and, like, it kind of adds up. Well, you can, but you can always sort of backfill your justification or your rationales, right? And, yeah. I, and you're right. I, I lost sight of Han, and if memory serves... They say they're they're really surprised to see him, right? And then yes, and then he says something. Ah, I didn't really blow up. Huh? Jokes on you, or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd for, I'd forgotten that piece of it. No, I was just laughing because you you saying it as someone that like <laughs> that doesn't have the like the backstory and stuff. It is really nonchalant. He just comes like ah, jokes on you. Like I wasn't dead, and like yeah. that's like, that's pretty much how they deliver it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they just incorporate him like nobody's nobody's traumatized by the fact that no. a he died. They've had their grieving process, and oh here he is again. Oh hey, this is great. Let's move on. I don't know. Yep. I don't know that world. Maybe it's makes complete sense in their world, their their social dynamic. What do I know? He we've essentially seen him die in like four movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. And they've rewritten how he died in three of those movies. Yes. And yet it still kind of makes sense. When you say kind of makes sense, are you like just rationalizing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. It's it's Stockholm Syndrome has really taken its No, and I don't mean that in any pejorative sense. No, no, no. Just really, you know, we all do it. We get by. That's really, yeah, that's... Excellent. Well, because the thing is, everybody loves the character so much that, like, any way you get him back, like, losing him at the time that you lost him was just like, wow, this sucks. Like, if you're going to make seven of these, we need this guy back. And so they were like, okay, we'll give you the guy back. And that's what they did. So, like, he was such a beloved character instantly that they're like, okay, this standalone movie, Tokyo Drift, actually takes place after the sixth movie. So we're going to write three movies that they don't explain this, but they're like, this character that everybody loves, that is so cool, Han, obviously so beloved that he comes back in this movie. He just shows up in four. It's like, well, he just, I thought he, I thought he died. And then they're like, okay, well, no, actually, then there's another movie and they don't reference it. And there's another movie and they don't reference it. And then only in the credits of that movie do they sort of then establish, okay, okay, then this is where Tokyo Drift happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I'm. I want to be on that writing crew. I want to. I want to write that where you can just lay it out first and justify it later instead of thinking it through. Because actually, that is kind of how I operate. Like, oh, we'll figure it out at the end. Let's just have this happen. Let's just have yeah. this happen. Yeah. Because the in- the interesting place that we're at now in terms of the franchise chronology is that up until maybe when they were writing this movie. There was no end, like finish line in sight. They were just like, we're, you know, we're nearing, like we're gonna, we're not gonna go on forever, but we don't really have like an end game. Right, in sight. right, right. But now, 
they've announced after this movie, they're going to be like spinoffs and stuff and whatever. But in the main franchise that follows this this group of people, there are going to be two more movies. And so I wonder, to carry this conversation to its logical next step, if having not freedom, but like, okay, we have like five hours-ish of story to tell. <laughs> right. Is that right. going to help them or hurt them? Because it could go either way. Yeah. No, I'm just rolling that around in my head. Yeah. Because if, if you're if you're as a writing group, and I know that the like writers come and go, and there's one guy who did most of the movies, he's not there anymore, or whatever. But if you're if you've succeeded in having an open world sandbox where anything can happen, being penned in might hurt you. I don't know. Wow. I really like how you um put that an open open world structure. That's really interesting. And and are is your audience do you just understand that your audience is is super forgiving or just in on playing fast and loose with it all? Because are people just showing up for the action sequence, which is totally fine. And then it's like porn, like you kind of forgive that part, the plot <laughs> part of it. <laughs> I mean, from what I've heard, uh, from what I've heard. Of course. <laughs> I think our great argument is that, like, there's there's a couple different dynamics of fans, but, like, there's some of us that have, you've spent 20 years here, right? So, like, you're kind of just forgiving in the sense that, like, you're going to see this out. It's been so long that you've been in it. Like, no matter what they do, you're like, okay, I'm with yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. And I think that there's other, like, I think that people that maybe just see one or two and sporadically, like, they could just be in it for the action. But I think that there is some, there is some undercurrent there that keeps people coming back. And it's, like, a lot of the non-action stuff, the, like, the more soap opery yeah, type. Well, yeah, and again, Vin Diesel and this, this, uh, this working out what family means i'm sure that's that is appealing you know the action sequences we we when we watch the movies you can only see them so many times before being like it's they blow up cars right, right. but like there's a lot of like undertow and like character play and like weird stuff that happens that you're like you know why why did somebody do this why would they do that and the dynamic of like their found family and stuff like that i mm-hmm. think resonates deeper with a lot of fans yeah i i, I... I can totally see that. And, oh, shoot, I just had a thought, and I was thinking about that, and now I forgot it. While you think of that, so I, I want to bring it back, actually, to what you were saying at the at the top of the show. Like, you're not really, like, instead of movies, you're more into TV series and everything like that. And I'm thinking, so in terms of movie franchises, I can't think of many or any that have, like, chosen to end that weren't based on pre-existing material. So, like, the Hunger Games is four movies, the Twilight movies are five movies, the Harry Potter movies are eight movies, but they're all based on books, right? Like, you can kind of, like, you could go on, but, like, this is the story we're telling, it's whatever. Yeah. I think the Fast and Furious choosing to end is kind of a unique thing that is sort of more suited to, like, prestige dramas, where it's, like, The Sopranos or The Wire Mm -hmm, or Breaking mm -hmm. Bad or wherever. It's like, okay, we're in season three, we know the show can't last forever at like a high quality. Let's do like two or three more seasons. And I wonder if, and I hope, I mean, again, I'm optimistic by nature. I also, in terms of these movies, I'm, I, I'm 
Stockholm syndromed out the wazoo. Like I just am on board. But I also wonder one of my favorite shows of all time, which is a show that like burned a lot of people, was Lost, where Lost set up all these mysteries and all these things are like, we got so many weird things happening on the island. And then when they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna narrow down and we're gonna end the story, a lot of people were like, but what about the answers to the questions? They're like, we don't have time for that. Don't worry about that. We're going to tell this story now. And I think that made a lot of people understandably angry. So wait, so they, I didn't watch it. So they blew off what they had established basically? Not what they established, but like the first season. So, you know, it's a plane crash. They crash on an island and there's like a polar bear on the island and there's like other people and there are people living on the island, like the science experiments, like they keep throwing mysteries. And then the writer's strike happens at some point. So they kind of have to like rejigger what they're doing. And eventually they're like, we have too many open threads that we're just not going to be able to close. And so they choose some things they thematically. And I think for me, it was a satisfying ending. But a lot of people who were in it for the mystery were unhappy. Yes. And so I'm wondering, you know, with two movies to go, I don't know that you can please everybody. I think that they're going to have a satisfying ending for the family, because I think that more so than the action or the villains, I think that what matters the most to the creative team is that, like, Dom and the family are together. Yes. And I think that'll end in a way. But I don't know if, like, if you're there, if you, if you want justice for whatever, I don't know that you're going to – I don't I don't know that everybody's going to be happy. Because I think it feels like there's still a lot to sort of work through with only two movies to go. No, right. But you're also pointing to the the nature of fandom in this day and age. Sure. When when people are get so passionate and they they dig deep and they also have the uh the means to express their displeasure. I mean, when I was growing up, whatever, huge fan of um the Carol Burnett show or when I was a little bit older, LA Law like huge fan. But we didn't have the resources where you could like Wikifan and Wikipedia, we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't have that. So you had to take it at face value and uh, go by what the writers and actors seeded in each episode or the series arc, right? And if you're truly impassioned, you might dash off a letter to Universal Studios or whatever. It Now it feels like, and I'm sure I'm stating the obvious, but now it feels like because there's... Um, there's passionate fandom who really stick with it and feel really invested in it and want to volunteer that, uh, for want of a better word, feedback. Am I making any sense? Do you know? I'm just yeah, contemplating yeah, yeah. that, you know, like what that and what that means to writers because they get feedback now. Like they, they have to respond to it. They at least hear it. Yeah. It's not, it's like, you're not immune to it. Right. You're not, you're not in a vacuum and you, um, yeah, and fans feel very invested. And when I was on Mystery Science Theater, that was sort of the ascendancy of the internet and chat rooms. And that was the first time I really experienced, or you know, a lot of people did, people being so passionate about something and feeling really invested in it. And when I took over for Trace Bilyeu, as the evil nemesis, I saw a couple of chat rooms. Um, sometimes people would email or mail regular snail mail, best brains about their displeasure. And 
they did not like me. They made personal comment or comments about my personal appearance. It was all over the map. And to that point, I had just been doing my job. I, like I say, you know, I was in this vacuum where I just went to work at this office park in this studio with people I had fun with. That was my first taste of, oh, people are really watching this and they want, they want, they have a piece of it. They, they feel like they have a piece of it. And then fandom obviously has just grown to that degree. People are interacting with their fans differently. No. How do you feel about this? Do you think that's a good or a bad thing? Because now I want to know what you, or does it depend on the, on the, on the, the, is it case by case basis? I think it's a good thing. Like I, when I was doing cinematic Titanic, we were touring and we would do an autograph line afterwards. And that was just delightful. Like you get these people would come through the line and say these really lovely things to you that I had taken for granted before. uh, As I say, I just got to do this really fun job and it went out on the airwaves, but I went home at five and didn't think anything of it. And then you meet people who say to you, you're looking right at their faces and into their eyes. And they say, you got me through cancer treatment. I mean, not me personally, but mystery science theater or um, I had this depressive episode and Mystery Science Theater was all I could watch and it meant so much to me and it just really grabs your heart. So I think it's it's a good thing, but, but like everything, I think there's a, a spectrum. A couple of weeks ago, some total stranger showed up on my doorstep wanting some MST memorabilia signed. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I want to, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I want to be accessible, but there are, there are limits. Like I'm also a private person too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, am I making any sense? I feel like I've talked too long and I get really self-conscious. No, no, no. Cause it's something that we've talked about on here that Joe especially has said that like these movies to a certain extent, listen to the fans and they sort of throw like different storylines out there and then see what fans like or don't oh, like right. and then sort of shape the future movies around right. that. But I also think in a similar way to what you were saying, you know, something like this, like you know, the, a, a podcast specifically about these 10 movies that we do other things or whatever is not going to appeal to like 98% of people on the planet, right? Because it's just like, I don't like, I like those movies, but like, I don't hear people talk about the movies or whatever, yeah. but it's like the fragmentation and the, cultivation of fandom and interaction between creator and engager or fan or whatever that it's cool like it's a good thing i think but then if you have people start showing up at your door that's where it kind of gets icky but like i think if you're if you're in person like it's not just like a, a faceless troll on the internet it's someone who's paying money and taking time to come see you because they love you and the things that you do and i think that's like something that like didn't really exist or didn't exist to the extent it exists today, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. Right. So, or maybe 15, 20 or whatever, like maybe 10 years ago, but like it's evolved in a kind of a really beautiful way. Yes. I think you're spot on. Yes, totally. And you point up something, uh, you're much more articulate than I am. There is also, there's, uh, this, uh, presumptive ownership. Like it can, it can veer into this, this ownership, and I don't know what that that boundary is. All I know is that it is not a total stranger 
coming up to the home of a woman who lives alone, a woman, a woman who lives alone, anybody. But uh, when you exist as a woman, you have a special uh, awareness, a heightened awareness yeah. of this. And I think like the weird, like the the difficult thing is that it's still evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Like podcasts have been around for 15 years, but like in, especially in the pandemic, like hundreds of millions of like i don't think that's an exaggeration like hundreds of millions of new podcasts began oh, because people were at home yeah right and they're just right like, i can do it like i have an iphone and i you know i can pay 10 or 20 bucks a month to host it and like why not and so i think that like the medium is so relatively new and like platforms that enable mm-hmm. interaction like mm-hmm. social media platforms but also like patreon or whatever that encourages kind of like two-way where it's not just broadcasting, right? Like it's not yes, just like right. you're making a movie and like a hundred million people go see it. It's like you're making a thing and you can immediately have people be like, I don't like that. It's like, well, I didn't really ask. <laughs> yeah. but like, no, Joey, right. It's okay. like the firewalls don't exist anymore or the the, right. the walls of uh, uh, inaccess, if you will, those don't exist anymore. And you're right. That's so funny because sometimes I will post something on my face book where uh i'm not asking for anything advice or anything it's just intended to be entertainment and then people start lecturing you about uh, you know (laughs) well seriously and it's like uh i i did not ask and i think we're in this culture where everybody feels like they not only do they get to weigh in they are needed to weigh in yeah and i try and and breathe and just understand that if there's something that that inflames me or whatever i don't necessarily have to contribute because everybody else is contributing i can yep. just i can just listen i can just hang with it so yeah everybody's weighing in everybody's commenting everybody uh so you have these all these opinions in this giant stew and they're all kind of given the same weight because there's so many of them and mm-hmm. it's so democratized and I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm going to shut up now, but I'm just no. thinking aloud. I think that all the time. Like, yeah, everybody has a, has a, has a platform now. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Which is something that we never had to address before. And it makes things very interesting. Yes. And when you talk about, um, Everybody starting their podcast. It is kind of cool because you get to do this yes. podcast. You get to pursue your passion. Everybody's there's there are so many niches for people. So it's it's really it's really great that we have all these these ways these uh, the podcast your YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I, I I don't really want to go back to the movie, but I feel like oh, I, please, I, I don't yeah. know. Like that was a, that was a very good. Is there anything else about the movie that you you wanted to bring up? Any qu- other questions you had? Because like I I I want to again. I want to take credit for like inspiring fandom in you, and I, like this is a better conversation than we could ever have about yes, nine just I as agree. a movie. Yep. But I want to I want to I want to send you away from this podcast with all the tools <laughs> and the knowledge you need okay. to absorb Aww. as many more of these Aww. as you possibly want to. Joey, so that what is else so sweet? We're nothing if not giving. <laughs> what else what else do you want to know? Backstory questions cuz like you kind of spoil things by watching this movie but also not really cuz like a lot of it like you said is about the spectacle of it all. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good word. No, I don't because because I'm very linear. I uh, I what would be really helpful is as I said at the top of this 
is if you guys did a video where you it's a homicide detective thing <laughs> where you no because i i yeah. i need dots connected for me i don't i can't remember who people are or what their connection are and especially those movies are so noisy and i have um auditory uh sensitivity so during those really noisy parts, I would they're have loud. Oh my gosh! Although Very loud. <laughs> I bet they're they're really fun to see on the big screen. See, I was watching they on are. my laptop, so I bet it was re- they're really fun to see on the big screen. But I would um, I would turn down the sound entirely because you know what dialogue are you missing? Really, you know right. when, <laughs> when someone's careening under the semi the eighteen wheeler. So yeah. Uh, I, I do want to, unrelated to that, I'm just looking at the notes that I took. I do want to make a note that I can't believe we've talked about this movie as many times as we have without mentioning that we now canonically in the Fast and Furious universe have a movie where a character uses the word shart. Really? Oh, was that in this one? Yeah, this I sounds rewound familiar. it because I was okay. like, I can't imagine that I heard that right. Because who uses the word shark? So when Roman and Tej are in outer space, (laughs) and Tej is eating candy and candy and candy and whatever. Yeah, right. Because he's nervous. Yeah, my my stomach or whatever. And Tej says, if you shart in this Fiero, I swear. (laughs) And then Roman, rightfully so, Tyrese says, really? Really, Tej? Which is like, why are we including that? Why are we putting the word? Interesting. The hybrid melding of shit and fart. A word that is disgusting <laughs> that nobody really uses. Why are we putting no, that in a movie no that will really last forever? Um, I don't know. I am really curious that this is what you're fixated on in the entire oeuvre and all yeah. the the inconsistencies and randomness that well, it's, so actually, it's okay, shark okay, here, that really here. got under your skin. So here's two things. So there's two sort of like very big questions that are about very small throwaway things in past movies that – we have become fixated on because we we just will never have answers. Oh, so, detail. okay. So in the first movie, there's a line where <laughs> oh, I don't know so how much awesome. I don't know how much backstory to share here, but okay. I will I will I will. You okay. saw it. She saw it. Yes. Yeah, okay. but I don't remember so it. All, movie, I mean, it's just a series of yeah. So so don't rely on me, but continue. It's also, keep in mind, Joe, like she saw it, but it's also, this is not yeah, a thing that people would exactly. remember. Right? Nobody, like nobody is... thinks about it but us, but yes. So yeah. in the first movie, there's <laughs> right. a barbecue and Brian and Mia, Paul Walker and Jordan Brewster are clean. They're doing dishes in the kitchen, right? And Vince, who's kind of the asshole bully of the group, comes in and starts picking on Brian. And Mia says to Vince, hey, V, what was the name of that restaurant you wanted to take me to? You know, the wood tables, the little red candles, the picadillo, the food all over the place. And Vince goes, oh, cha-cha-cha. And Mia says, oh, Brian, you can take me there. So Joe and I have been breaking down these movies minute by minute. So in addition to doing these, you know, on loop, every episode in the intro, we do the next minute of a movie. And so we get to this part and we're like, what the fuck? Does food all over the place mean? So if we're like, what does hey, it Mary actually Joe, mean? Like, what? Thank does you that so mean? much for joining us. Next time you're in town, let's take you out. We're, we got this perfect restaurant. Yeah. We're gonna bring you there. It's got wood tables. It's so nice. It's got these little red tables, or little red candles. It's got food all over the place. If you're hearing that, that if if we're describing a restaurant you've not been to as having food all over the place, is that appealing? What does that mean to you? Yeah. What does it mean? Well. Because I ask questions all the time, I'd say, 
What do you mean by that? Okay. No. Have you gotten to the bottom of that? Because I can, no. I can. No. Okay. So we, I'm. We ask every guest. Okay. I'm wondering if she improved that line or the line escaped her. So she did the best she could with it and they just kept mm. it. Either way, it's in the movie that has lasted forever. And that has right. become one of our burning questions. Like if we ever speak to Jordana Brewster, she won't remember this, but we're going to be like, what did you mean? Okay. Because we need to know. Do you think it was she was referring to a buffet? <laughs> Is that what they she... go to the restaurant. There is no buffet. So we see right. the restaurant. There's not a buffet. Okay. So you have explored that. Okay. You have explored that possibility. Yes. Okay. What else could it mean? Like, do you, do you think in your head when you hear that phrase, is that a positive or a negative? I'm going to go with it's a positive, but I'm also wondering okay. if it's a... Um, uh, I don't know if the word is right, a vernacular or a shorthand that you get when you're with your 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 group. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yes. Maybe. Yes, yes. In-house kind of like... This is our language. Is this is how yes. we describe a great restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, it's got food all over the place. Yeah. We've got chairs all over the place. We've got money all over the place. It's just, you know, it's just, it's there. Yeah, you know, Joey, exactly. when you okay. just said food over, all over the place, I had a, a, a negative reaction to it because it sounded like it was all like the floors... And yeah, it's like yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, Joe. It sounds dirty. You like know, they don't clean it. Or like, what am I sitting on? Do you have a, yeah. a bar rag? I could at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so funny. That's one thing we become fixated on. Another one is in the seventh movie. Roman is recapping all the work he has done to help the family succeed. And he says, I shot that shit out of the sky, ba-bow. Or I took that, I took that out of the sky, whatever. And Brian, Paul Walker, says to him, the only thing I've ever seen you take down is no knees to knees at prom. And Roman says, really, Brian, you're going to do that right now? And the table laughs. And then they move on. We've wondered what no knees, describing someone as having no knees means, because I think there's a certain sexual connotation to it. But if I your can't brain put goes my finger on what it is. But it could either be that she loves doing a certain thing or she never does a certain thing. But again, it's one line in a movie that 99% of the people who see this movie will never think twice about, Did yet has become a narrative through line on this podcast, because we <laughs> want to know what no needs Denise, who, and who what is that Denise? means, and who is Denise, because it's a joke that is like back they and back and at. back and forth, they laugh at, and then never mentioned again. Well, so if you hear, if we describe someone as saying no knees... What does that mean? Okay, well, first of all, I think it's it sounds like a group shorthand, like everyone knew who this girl was in high school, yep. mm-hmm. or they've yep, heard for sure. they've heard other people talking about her. But I'm gonna throw another possibility your way for the no knees. And maybe it's because she had chunky legs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like her it's just like calf and thigh, but right. the knee gets lost. Right. So they're making fun of her her build. Or there, yes. I don't know, because the note, if you take it the sexual route, it to me, I would guess that she does, she won't do that thing. Right. More prudish. Yes. yes. Like she won't go down to her knees. Right. Yes. Right. Fascinating. You guys are hilarious. It's so funny. So that, but that's, that's <laughs> I wanted to give that background because like, that's why I'm focusing on the word the shirt. shirt. Yes. Because... <laughs> How many times can you say, yeah, they took a car to outer space or whatever, or there's magnets. Cool. Right. It's the lines from just like, oh, huh. Or like when Dom, I don't know if you watched the, the theatrical or the director's cut, but there's in the director's cut, there's a scene where Dom is talking to his, his son and he's talking about how like, 
adult Brian, Paul Walker, is watching him or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, if you count to a thousand and I'm not home, because he's like, I'll be home very soon. Just count to a thousand, I'll be there. But he says to him, if I'm not there by the time you count to a thousand, you can have a second treat before dinner. And it's like a very sweet moment. But I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he having any treats before dinner? Why is it not like a second dessert? <laughs> like, why, why are you allowing like snacks? Like, just save your appetite. And then have a second dessert or something like before it. Like it's just again, that's the those are the notes that I'm taking on the sixth time through the movie. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, Joe, I don't know you well, but I care about you very much, and I think you're in too deep. Oh, we definitely, definitely. <laughs> I are. think that's, you're no in too deep, and I think Joe is with me when we say you are in. Oh, I'm I'm right there too. I'm just I'm just giggling because we've had these same thoughts and conversation. Like, yeah, we're we're so deep. This time, um, when I was watching it, I was thinking because something that didn't make sense to me before was why is Dom's dad throwing this race when he is trying to become a professional race car driver? Oh, because there's a scene where he's on the phone. Like, he he's getting paid to throw the race. Yeah, yeah. I know he's... that, but why would you do... That would be like... Like, why would you throw any sporting event if you're not a professional and you're trying to become a professional at the sport? Well, if the bank is about to seize your house and you're in, like, $100,000 in debt or whatever, and this guy's like, hey, throw this race and I'll take care of that for you. That, but also, like, at this point, I noticed that Buddy beforehand, like, right before Jacob pulls the, like, the gas, like, whatever, like, mixes air with the fuel line, whatever. Before he does that, he says, like, oh, you don't even need to finish. Like, the the whole series is locked up. Like, this race doesn't mean anything. And they just, like, says it real quick. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense for me now that, like, he doesn't – there is no stakes in this race. So that's why he can throw it. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the the Steelers lock up. They they seal the AFC North. It's it's week 17. They sit all their starters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, they could still win, but it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. So you bet against them or bet with them. It doesn't matter. I think so. I think so, too. So that that was like the first time I got clarity on that, because like at one point I was like, why would you be throwing this race if like you're trying to get into the Bush League? But (laughs) yeah, because we needed a central conflict. God, yes. you guys are so yes. dumb. Do I have to explain <laughs> everything to you? <laughs> exactly. The only the only other note that I took this time of note was that uh, Dom uses grenades at the end, like he's playing Halo. Like I don't know if you've seen like trick videos <laughs> of people like throwing a grenade and then driving a warthog to like propel them across the map. Yeah, but he's like throwing a grenade like while this thing is skidding down the mountain, <laughs> so to, that like, it blows up and shoots the thing in the right way. He's doing yes. Halo trick videos, but in the movie, <laughs> and it's so cool. It completely escaped me. All that completely escapes me. I think that his son was probably watching like Halo trick videos on like YouTube and he walked by like as he was doing it and he was like, that's pretty cool. Like, (laughs) I bet that we could do that in the movie. (laughs) He'd be like, yeah, maybe. And the last thing that, because we are talking so much about Jacob and Cypher and like where they were and if they knew each other and these kind of things, there was like a point where... Cypher says, I should have called you instead of your brother to help me last movie. Like, you're so good at being a spy. And he says, I don't work for the competition. So that establishes that he he knows who Cypher is mm-hmm. and that they were competing with each other in some way. And it kind of puts Jacob in, like, a light that he, he still considers himself good, 
like he was working towards the good if Cypher is bad by everything we've seen? I I guess. Like, do you think that, like, if, if they're competing, she has to be bad and he has to be good, right? Or were they just competing at the same kind of, like, espionage stealing things? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that we have enough anything Data? on Cypher yeah. to know definitively. <laughs> It's you know it's an NEI when you're when you're growing up in, in math class and science classes. I don't have enough information. I can't answer that yeah. question. Well, as you're describing it again, circling back to what we were we talked about in the the middle of this show, they are laying out these threads intentionally or unintentionally that could go anywhere. Like, hey, let's sure. let's pick up this thread in five movies, or I, I know the series is ending, but they are leaving a lot of things open ended. I always say that. I think that in all of these movies, especially this one, they've given themselves a lot of outs. Yeah, perfect. To, yes. to just be able to go anywhere. Like, they, if they want to follow one thing, if maybe the fans said that they really liked something about the movie, they gave themselves a place to go, like a starting point from there, a jump-off point. Right, and again, for m- sure. motivated or fueled by any sort of reaction. Oh, we'll pick up this then. So, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, That's what I think, too. Mary Jo, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Ah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so this is a BuzzFeed-style or J14-style personality quiz. Excellent. The questions and the answers have nothing to do with the movies, so you'll get an answer that is likely a character you don't know or barely know. Okay. But we also come to the description that hopefully will sort of embody your spirit and who you are. So are you ready to find out? Seven questions. They're multiple choice. If you want me to repeat the answers, I can. No pressure, no wrong answers. You can no. explain yourself or not. I feel ready. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? <laughs> um, I'm more Vespa, but not for speed, okay. for fun. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. that cool. works. Yeah. Question number two, you know this is coming. How furious are you? The Hulk... Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? I'm probably more Kylo Ren. Okay. Yep. Pretty yep. angry. Okay. Yep. All right, Mary Jo, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you on the grill? <laughs> okay. Are you saying grace? We talked about that a lot tonight. Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? Sneaking a snack. Cool. Okay. Question number four, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or doing some work on your computer? Hanging with friends. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. It's just me and my me and my partner. Congratulations, you just won the lottery. What are you buying? Okay. Your own garage, a private plane, I'm gambling it all away, your child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Uh, I guess a new life. That's pretty open-ended, so I'm going to say sure. a new life. The final question this is going to determine everything. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale? Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink. Just get me one of whatever you're having. Just give me one of whatever you're having, because I like to be, be, I like to try new stuff. 
Joe, do you do you have any guesses on who she is? <laughs> There's two characters that are definitively <gasps> leaps and bounds above the rest. I'm gonna go Mia then. No, Mia, you are Mia's toward the she's top five or ten. Mary Jo, yeah. you are fan favorite and returning to this movie. You are Han. No, oh. hey, wow. I'm honored. So let's see if this describes you. You are the ultimate example of cool. No. Even when things are spinning out of control, you keep calm, find a way through, and look smooth doing it. You know the secret to life isn't what you have, but who you keep around you. Your family means everything. They're a reflection of you, so you choose them carefully and are always there when they need you. And you drive like like the the wind wind blows. That's, Does that at all sound like you, or no, is that not you? No, that's that's so poetic, and actually, I'm uh, pretty. Uh, I go off half cocked a lot, and I <laughs> I do have a temper. I don't play it cool. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh, family is important, but I don't think you know. I think this profile poll might not be too scientific because it doesn't sound. <laughs> it doesn't sound. I don't know. It didn't work on me. I guess. Well, we found we found a quiz originally. Like Joe was like, "This is a good quiz." We, we used it for like a couple months, and then we're like, "This is bad. We can do better than this." Like it was just like, "Pick a car." All right, whatever. And then we made this one, and it's, it's ever evolving, ever changing. But it's also kind of horoscopy, where it's like, "Yeah, yeah, it I kind love of it." Applies to everybody, right? No, so. that's really cool, though. I love that. And you are only our second Han. You are first since Kara, way, way back. So congratulations. You are, you know, Han is literally, like, He's I would say maybe he is half yeah. of all fans, probably their favorite character. Well, so then I'm in good, I'm honored. Absolutely. Truly a fan favorite. Cool. We have one more quick game to play. This ain't no 10 second race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So Mary Jo, this is where we go on Twitter.com. Okay. A.k.a. The Bird app. And find any tweet from anybody that you don't know okay. who's tweeting about the Fast and Furious or maybe about the movies or the actors or whatever. Send the tweet to us, and we're going to respond from the at too fast too forever Twitter and just tell them to watch the show or listen to the show by saying, boy, do the podcast for you. So I'm going to review last episode's tweets. So okay. I found Trey Armstrong, who was responding to Terry Kinnear, who ranked the 10 movies. And Trey said, your ranking of too fast above nine is the true tragedy. Not to mention nine is better than eight. Oh my but God. your first five are legit. And we said, these are all correct takes. It's hard to rank 10 perfect movies. Boy, do we have a podcast for both of you. And very exciting. They both like the tweet. So I get two points. Okay. Oh, nice. And Mary Jo, I am letting you know that this game is immensely difficult for no reason. Okay. There's no pressure whatsoever here. The fact that I got points is a minor miracle. Okay. Joe, you found Steve Huff at Steve Huff. Instead of Hobbes and Shaw, it's Hobbes and Shaw about time traveling 17th century philosopher Thomas Hobbes and G.B. Shaw trying to retrieve some kind of mechanism from supervillain Leonardo da Vinci. I should probably keep them, I'd keep that to myself and write it up, but I've given up. And we said in the episode we're recording now, for the first time ever, we've had this exact revelation. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. It got a like, but it was from Wells. So that does not count. Oh, damn it. No points. Okay. And then our guest last time was Tori, who found Garth at Turgid1M. And it was a meme of Dom reaching from the first movie and then reaching more. And then he's reaching to scratch a kitty cat. And we said, don't waste one more life. We've got the perfect podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Unfortunately, 
did not care. So I got two points. Joe got none. Tori got none as well. Okay, I'm sending you this in the chat. Can you please read who this is from and the account and then read the tweet and I will respond to it. T'Challa Stan, Kamik J03. The worst action set piece in the Fast and Furious franchise. So it's picture-based, photo-based. Okay. So is that okay? Yeah, so, totally fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the reference is because I don't... I haven't seen those pictures. Well, we can explain it. We can explain it. such a moron. Oh, T'Challa Stan. No, T'Challa Stan. T'Challa Stan writes about these movies a lot. And it's a Black Panther and Fast and Furious fan account. So. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. That's fine. No, this is per. It's a per. This is somebody who should listen to our show. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And so the pictures are of the submarine in Fate of the Furious. It's a nuclear submarine as the cars are driving away. He responds to his own tweet that says, everyone knows if they wanted to do a snow set piece, they should have first had them drive down a mountain with an avalanche on their asses. Then you do the sub once they make it down. <laughs> no, I see that, yes. <laughs> now, that see, now I'm curious about this one because I love submarine shit. Like I'm fascinated with submarine and submarine movies. I'm going to say you're not wrong, but we love submarine shit. To quote you, boy, do the podcast for you. (laughs) Very fair. I like that one. Joe, did you find one yet? Yes. It is from R.C. DeWinter, at R.C. DeWinter. Vin Diesel wants the next Fast and Furious movie to be a musical. Jesus Christ, supercar. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. That's very good. Yeah, well, with all the religious themes, we think this would work. Plus, your sense of humor fits right in. I was looking for, like, some Christ reference for Fast and the Furious, and it was all, Jesus Christ, they're still making these movies, (laughs) is all the tweets until I found this one. Also, that didn't get enough traction. You deserve more credit for how... I'm saying the religion is spot... The religion element is spot on, and so is your sense of humor about the movies. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. It's a wild name. I'm going with Jonathan 00101225. Okay. Hashtag release the PPV cut for the Crow City of Angels. Sure. Kind of loved F9. Fast Five is my fave of the series. Too Fast and Tokyo Drift are delightfully bad in the best way. Haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw or Fate yet, but I kind of adore this whole series. Wouldn't mind watching them again after seeing the new one. Still had fun after nine movies. And then Chris Evans, not the Chris Evans, but that at that Chris Evans says... F9 was just plain fun, IMO. I didn't even mind the space stuff. And they talk back a little bit back and forth. And okay. I'm going to say, once the same thing was last time, boy, do a podcast for both of you. Like, it's just people like, these are the people, this is low-hanging fruit. But these yeah. are people who should listen to our podcast. If they're on Twitter sure. tweeting about these movies, right. why are you I not agree. listening? Also, oh, the other thing, that Chris Evans Zero on Twitter is followed by Whataburger. So, Well, jackpot. there you mm. go. Hello. Are you a fan of Whataburger? No, but I'm just so impressed <laughs> that a major, a major fast food outlet, like what I wouldn't give for, for Whataburger to follow me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems so impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jo, for, for joining us, for watching a very long movie in a franchise that you were mostly new to. But for being a great sport and having a really good com- like this is a, yeah, a better, more fun conversation than we could have had otherwise because it wasn't really about the movie. Like we've we've talked about this movie six times in four months. It was nice to shake it up. So thank you for being here. Thank you for helping us on this 
different kind of discussion. And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. It was really fun, you guys. Um, I, I appreciate it. My pleasure. It was really fun. <laughs> Good. So We're if, glad if you people want to find you yeah. and not in person at yeah, your house, your door. Really <laughs> please. I so but appreciate that. If people want to find you online or your work, or wherever, where can people find more Mary Jo Peel? My website, which is never updated, but has contact <laughs> info, mjpeel, P-E-H-L, all one word, dot com. Um, Mary Jo Peel on Facebook, Mary Jo Peel on Twitter, and my Twitch show, which is The Mary Jo Peel Show. Then once a month, I do Movie Joe Night, which is on Twitch, too. That's where I watch a really bad movie selected by the audience that I've never seen and I don't do any research on. I don't prep or anything. And it's just, it's a movie watching party that people just love to throw shit at you when you've already spent your whole life watching shitty movies. And it's a blast. (laughs) So thanks, you guys. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. But hopefully, I just want to say, Mary Jo, before you go, I hope that one day you come across a Fast and the Furious movie on TV and it's halfway through it and you're like, you know what? I'm actually just going to leave this on. That's, that's all I hope we got out of today. <laughs> I'll report back to you. Thank you. So next week, Joe, we have our tune-up relap recap, the end of the lap. We are looking back at the lap that was lap nine, the modern car movie lap. I thought mm-hmm. we had a better name for that, which is modern car movie. It's just the Jacob lap. Yeah. Also, where's Jacob at? There is a thing that he says that he's been looking for the key for years. He's been looking for L for years. So maybe that's what he's been doing. He's just been looking for L, right? So wherever he, he is. Possibly, yeah. That's where he is. But then next week also, so that's going to be on the main feed, in the Patreon bonus episode, we're doing a movie that I've never seen, but I'm very much looking forward to. We're doing the Andy Samberg vehicle Hot Rod. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Have you seen Hot Rod? No. I have seen parts of Hot Rod, but I knew what it was. Yes. I think, supposedly, it's great. Whether or not we think it's great, we'll figure that out. But I'm looking forward to it. Cool. But yeah, that's that. So thank you once again, Mary Jo. And for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store, goddamn the store URL renewal fee, at TooFastTooForever.shop. And come back next week for our tune-up relap recap and our bonus episode on Patreon about Hot Rod. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was the Fast and Furious' newest, biggest super fan, Mary Jo Peel, <laughs> and we'll tell you all about it. When we see you again. <laughs>